the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Joining me now, CFP Chad Burton to talk about annuities. In the past couple of years, you've seen annuities gain popularity, even though FINRA and the SEC have issued advisories and warnings about the product. What do we need to know about annuities? Well, first of all, they're they're sold with these pitches that are almost too good to be true, where people think they can get guaranteed returns of 5 to 6%. When a lot of these annuities, all they're doing is is guaranteeing income for life at, at you know somewhere between four and six percent, which if you actually do the math and run a spreadsheet out over a long period of time, it's only guaranteeing a rate of return of three or four percent based on your original investment. Um, and the problem is, is that when you get into these things and you realize three or four years down the road um, that these loaded annuities that big banks and brokerage firms sell you that the fees are so high, it's drastically eating into your principal, which is your walkaway money. Yeah, your income is there and it's protected, but a lot of them have such high fees, 3% or more, that it just your, your account just dwindles away, especially in a low-growth environment. So then you try to get out of them three or four years later, and all of a sudden you realize you have a 6-7% penalty to leave, and you're really getting creamed. So FINRA is really after them um, on the loaded annuity side. Uh, the SEC's had issues. You can just Google lawsuits and variable annuities, and they're they're out there, you know, all over the internet. Um, now annuities have gained popularity because bonds are at historically low rates. Bonds were paying over five percent prior to two thousand seven, and you know, post the Great Recession and all this quantitative easing, most bond funds are somewhere between two and three percent. And that's really tough on retirees. So annuities are an option. But, Rob, I I can count on one hand the number of annuities that I like, that I see out there as bond alternatives. Okay. And they're only good bond alternatives if, number one, they're no load, or you can get at least your original investment out at any time without any surrender charges. Um, and they're only going to be good until the 10-year treasury returns to about 4%. Once they're four, once the ten-year treasury is four percent, which is going to be a long time, I think. Um, once you you want you're going to want to get out of them and go back into a laddered bond portfolio where you buy some, you know, five-year bonds, bonds maturing in ten years, bonds maturing in fifteen years, and you always have this tranche of money coming due every five years with no fees rather than all these fees in, in variable annuities and equity index annuities. So they do have their place in a retired person's portfolio. So we're talking over age 60 for maybe you know a third to a half of a bond portfolio, only if they're no load. Because you can take bond money, you can get half of it in stocks, but have the insurance company guarantee a certain amount of income for life, no matter what happens to stocks or bonds. So you're passing off the longevity risk to the insurance company. But you, they're fine as long as they're no load. Um, but you steer steer clear of the salesmen, steer clear of the people that are making, uh, you know, big commissions on variable annuities because 
they sell it to you and then they never talk to you again. Right. Because they got to look for the next you to sell to. There's no reason for them to service you. How can they, how can you spot those people, Chad? Well, just ask how you get paid. How do you get paid? Is um, there, are you a fiduciary? I would That's ask, a big question. Yeah. Is there something on paper that we could look at to find out? Ha, have them put it in writing how they get paid. Okay. Okay. And if all the, if their entire compensation is based on commissions, that's not the person that you want to get financial advice from. Now, if you have an old annuity that you've had for years, a lot of the old ones, like, as you know, my grandfather was, that's how I got into the business. He sold annuities at banks for years. So I know this industry inside and out better than probably anybody. And so he has, you know, some of those old clients that are now 80, 90 years old, they have these fixed annuities that are guaranteed at 4%, completely liquid. You would never go anywhere with those. That's amazing money right now, right? Sure. But um, if you have a garbage annuity that has too high of fees, it was loaded and you've hold, held it for, you know, seven to 10 years and now it's out of surrender and you need to get out of that high fee product. If it's an IRA, you can transfer it into an IRA. If it's a, it's, if it's non-qualified, just taxable money, you can do a 1035 exchange and do a tax-free exchange into a much better product. It's called a 1035 exchange. Um, so you can improve your situation if you're out of penalty and you have one of those ugly annuities. That's why we have you on the show. It's CFP Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. And I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. I needed a little bit of a uh, slow start to get kick-started on what we need to talk about today. Markets open higher. We have our stimulus deal. $2 trillion. And then the market couldn't hold it. And I don't know if it's Prince Charles that it can, but we have to blame somebody. And Prince Charles has the coronavirus. Is that something that's going to upset the world because he's so high figure profile? Literally the future king of England. All I am, all I am. A little odd, right? Yesterday we had an amazing snapback rally. Today we have, we have our stimulus package, and it started to look pretty good. But it couldn't hold. I know, I know. This is part of the process. It is I swear to you, part of the process where it was up so big yesterday, no one could buy. And then this morning, everyone wants to buy and get part of that rolling action. And then now, oh, no, you just got suckered in. Boeing. It's like I want to scream, you know, Stella. Boeing is one that's like fighting back today, if we're to use that Rocky analogy. Up 15 buckaroos, up 12%. Uh-uh. We want some certification on the 737. We know the airlines are going to be bailed out. So what kind of caused Boeing to collapse from 130 to 100? Now we still, okay, we got the airlines. They're going to get their bailout. They're going to get their money um, on some levels. I still digesting everything, and we'll go through it on the air today. Um, but that's not exactly one that I would be writing home about Boeing bouncing is like, Ooh, that's why we're up. Cause it goes from 400 to 100 and well, you know, 100 to 110, 100 to 120 is not exactly all that in a bucket of chicken. The $2 trillion fiscal stimulus that the stock market fired up on Tuesday, all about, eh, it was the most we've been fired up on wall street since 1933, 87 years. 
So we wouldn't need like a Tom Cruise future character to come back and say, 87 years ago, I saw the stock market do better than you. Is that Tom Cruise future or Tom Cruise past? Probably Tom Cruise past. Um, Midnight. I'm just sitting there watching the winds go around and around. And the word came from Capitol Hill in the wee hours that a deal was done. And I'm like, Eh, that'll probably be good for the market, but how good? We don't know, because a lot of it was built in yesterday. Remember how the whole show we were like, um, okay, we got the Olympics canceled. You know what's going to be canceled next now? If the Olympics are canceled in July, duh, NBA has to go, as does the NHL. Uh, they're not going to do their se- – I, I can't see how they do it now. If the pressure to shut down the IOC was that big uh, – Americans were, were stubborn, but something tells me we're going to have to give on this one to kind of say, there's the white flag. There's the white of my eyes. Uh, we give up. Okay, so I guess the white flag is surrendering. White of their eyes is shooting people, but not the best analogy. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. Your comments and questions are always welcome. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Prince Charles test positive the coronavirus. Just whatever you do. You could have the king, the future king. Just don't take Princess Markle or Lady Markle or whatever she is now that she's no longer a royal. Life would not be fair. Market feels like it might go sideways today and try to figure out hey, through the morning. Do we want to go higher or do we want to go lower? Because we started higher, we went lower. We're kind of close to break even. Now, there's an unfair thing going on. Boeing is a member of the Dow Jones Industrial Average 30, and they're up a big whopping 15%. So the gains aren't across the board. The losses aren't pulling all the gains down either. The United States surpasses 55,000 coronavirus cases, more than 20,000 deaths. This is one where we don't want the big foam finger that says USA that goes, we are number one, USA, USA, USA. We want to show the world that we can contain and clean up just as well as other countries. Then again, we have a lot of size on our, our, our back end. Are you seeing I got a big butt? I'm saying U.S. has a big butt. We're a big country. Yesterday, I saw the, 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 the um, number of incidences in Louisiana spike. And I bring up Louisiana in large part because we know New York City is a Petri dish. We know San Francisco is a bunch of open coffers that don't cover their mouth. We know that L.A. is, well, how shall we say, the armpit of California. Mm, no. <laughs> we know the big cities are going to get destroyed in pandemic-type scenarios. But Louisiana? Like, you kind of expect Mississippi to be, am I crooked letter, crooked letter, I, hunchback letter, I, hunchback letter, hunchback letter, I. You kind of expect Mississippi to, like, get... Mississippi and Louisiana are going to like miss this thing because aren't they all sitting on the bayou and wrestling crocodiles or something like that? Or they get in the big city thing, too. Big spike yesterday. This is going to hit all of America. And now there's this debate going on. And I'll be honest with you. 
I get President Trump trying to say, let's try to get back to work by Easter. It seems a little irresponsible, but yeah, Anderson Cooper last night. I was watching Anderson Cooper. I'm finding myself watching the news now for entertainment. And he's all indignant about President Trump. He's like, oh, did you see what he wants to do? Easter Mass. And they had Sanjay Gupta. He's like, yeah, that doesn't sound like the best idea. Not quite sounding as a big man. And Dr. Bixler, the woman doctor who stood behind Trump when uh, a news anchor said, why is there no doctors with him? And they're like, well, there is. <laughs> Anyhow, Congress's $2 trillion coronavirus stimulus package, it's massive. It provides direct help to you. The citizens are, yeah, I'd call you citizens. The businesses, the hospitals, the state and local governments. It was passed by the Senate and the House. Um, about $500 billion can be used to back loans and assistance to companies, including $50 billion for loans to U.S. airlines as well as state and local governments. Okay, the word loan, I get it. Here's the thing on loans. I don't want one. So I know you're saying they're not going to offer you one. But if you're a restaurant, you don't want one. You're already living paycheck to paycheck. Your spouse is already giving you stress. Now, small businesses are going to get $350 billion in aid. The true blood and lifeline of the U.S. economy is the employees 10 to 12. Hospitals, $150 billion boost for hospitals and other health care providers. Direct payments to lower and middle income Americans of $1,200 each, as well as $500 for each child. That doesn't add up to a lot of money. And sadly, I, I see that as a plus for Apple, more so than I see a plus for landlords. I know you're saying you are really, really cynical. And that's always like, if you have a, a woman, a, a wife or a spouse or a loved one who's pregnant right now, you're always like, squeeze! We need that baby before this virus is over. Squeeze! $500 if you kick it out early. I only know that joke, that sense of humor, because I had a kid born on December 31st. Oh, I shouldn't say that. I'm giving out all my password information. Let's take that out in the replay. Squeeze! New York City subway poles are seen as the spreader. <laughs> you think? Oh, you know the YouTube challenge is going to be on. Let's fight coronavirus. Lick a subway pole for $10 and pass it on in your Instagram. Ah! No, that's not a good idea. So we're going to see restrictions on business aid. Any company receiving a government loan would be subject to a ban on stock buybacks through the term of the loan plus one year. Okay. That seems like a pretty interesting compromise. They would also have to limit executive bonuses and take steps to protect workers. Transparency, the Treasury, and that's a little vague take steps to protect workers. A big airline can say, well, we tried to not fire anyone, but well, our most expensive route to Asia just didn't pick up as fast as we thought it would. And you're saying, thank you, Rob. You've just introduced a new impression. It's the airline executive who sounds vaguely like a mix of curiously Massachusetts and Southern mixed into one. Democrats, they won language that would bar any businesses owned by President Donald Trump or his family from getting loans from the Treasury. <laughs> Are they spiteful or what? I get it. A lot of people, you know, here's the conspiracy theory, and I don't know how you think about conspiracy theories. For the record, uh, I don't believe in that people are flying around UFOs. I don't believe aliens are, like, driving to our planet and leaving. But I do believe in Bigfoot. I've seen him. He's a big, hairy guy in, on New Jersey Beach. But uh, supposedly, like, five out of seven of 
Trump's most profitable clubs, golf courses and such in the world had been shut down. And maybe that's why he was pushing for the Sunday reactivation. And my spouse, my sugar bugger, she, she goes out of her way to say, um, what's up with the whole Easter thing? Isn't it weird that he picks Easter for his, uh, let's day to get back. Why not the day after Easter? It's very, very political. No, as my French friends would say, um, Dow opened up and then it went sideways. Markets opened up and then they kind of went sideways. Um, Tesla's up big, 19 points, up 3.8%. That could trade back up to seven, eight, nine hundred dollars in a snapback kind of world. Are we in a snapback kind of world? Probably not. Fired Americans are sending unemployment websites crashing. Remember that good old-fashioned day when you were cut from your job? You're fired, and you have to go to unemployment, and you're like, I have to go to unemployment. Where is it? And somehow you look it up in the white pages, pre-internet. Well, now you could just crash the internet uh, hardcore and hit the websites of unemployment. So we're seeing websites crash on unemployment. What do you think that means? The data is going to get worse on the economy. We don't have the data worse enough yet on the influenza, on the virus. We'll get there. We're getting all the packages put together to get us out of the situation when those situations peak, unemployment, and when uh, the coronavirus infections peak. We have the back end ready. Now we just have to wait it out. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. You can find me online at Rob Black Show or newfocusfinancial.com. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. We're making financial sense of your portfolio. Now, back to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back in. Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black talking to all things financial. Getting ready to speak with Patrick O'Hare from briefing.com. And it's kind of funny because I was like, hey, Patrick's here. And it's a little too formal of me. It should be Mr. O'Hare, but I've known him for such a long time. That's in my head. Patrick O'Hare from briefing.com. Mr. O'Hare, how are you doing with this market? Uh, it's been an interesting month of March. I'm doing well, Mr. Black. Oh, it has definitely been interesting indeed. And uh, I think it's going to continue to be interesting. Okay, let's start there. It's going to continue to be interesting. Yesterday, we had a moonshot bounce back on Wall Street. We tend not to get those kind of moves. Um, Have we put in enough work on the back end? So when we come out of this COVID infection rate growing, have we put enough work in that the Fed's done their job and foreign economies have done their job and the stock market's been beaten up enough? Have we put in enough that this is close to a bottom? Uh, or too, talk, too a, early to yeah, tell. It is a really hard question to answer, and and I do think it is too early to tell. Um, you know, and I say that only because what you know what you saw yesterday obviously was nice to see for anyone who you know was still in the market. Right, that's a huge move. Um, and uh, but but by the same token, you know, in coming weeks and months, you are going to see some really really bad economic data. And and it's at that point, I think, where the reality is going to hit home just how bad this situation is. And while, uh, you know, the Fed has done a very commendable job of, you know, providing the liquidity to help keep financial markets functioning, to help, you know, maintain the flow of credit through the U.S. economy, 
um, you know, Congress has been a little bit slower to, um, to to step up. Now, it looks like we're on the doorstep now of an actual stimulus plan uh, that has some, you know, real leverage potential to uh, to bridge some of the uh, divide we're going to see here between an economy that's falling off a cliff and one that will hopefully come back fairly quickly, um, you know, when we get past this point of the economy being shut down and uh, the trajectory of the coronavirus caseload continuing to, to increase. Um, but, you know, again, it's a long-winded way to say to answer your question is, like, that's when you'll know, um, you know, is it enough and whether we're close to a bottom here. Because, you know, I, I think it's, you know, while it's, it's nice to think that you're going to get this V-shaped recovery in both the stock market and the economy. Um, you know, I'm still inclined to think that that's a bit wishful thinking at the moment, uh, and particularly with respect to the economy. Um, the market can create some of that optimism with these huge, quick-footed rallies. Uh, but I, I think, you know, as the you know economic data continues to tell people that this is not going to be a, a real quick uh, recovery effort, then the stock market could ultimately run into some issues that you know prompted to come back and, and retest those lows. So, so I think this advice that you know, you're hearing a number of pundits on TV suggests, where you need to be nimble and you know have a high risk tolerance to play in the market right now, I think it's I think it's proper advice because I think you can should continue to expect these wide price swings and a good bit of volatility here uh, for several more weeks at least. <laughs> And let me give a little bit of color on that. Is after 9/11, it took about two years for the airlines to get back to full to the capacity that they were at before 9/11. Um, so it's going to take a little while to the economic data to hit, but then also the economic data to recover. Uh, but the stock market will recover slightly before that. In theory, I don't want to put too many words in your mouth. Uh, what else are you looking at right now? Because we've got the Olympics canceled. We're we're kind of checking off some boxes of some of the worst case scenarios. Um, I don't well, know if there's a question you know, there. Yeah. So I think, you know, there, there seems to be, you know, three parts uh, to a, a, quote, solution. And, and I use that word, you know, somewhat loosely, right? So, you know, the one-third is, is monetary stimulus, right? So we know that, I mean, the Fed is doing a lot to help solve that end of things, right? Uh, the second, you know, part is, is fiscal, uh, policy and it, it seems that we're headed in that right direction to help uh, patch things over, right? And then, but then the third issue, the third part is um, is, is the health factor, right? And there's there's while we're doing our best to try to get that under control, um, I don't think there's any sense of clarity yet that we're at that point, right? And that's the missing component right now that continues to override. Uh, what might otherwise be construed as some very uh, helpful monetary and fiscal stimulus measures. So, you know, and, and that's why you hear governors continue to, you know, yell as loud as they, at the top of their lungs that they need more ventilators. You know, you've got to get the health system squared away, I think, before you can really put more stock in this notion that you're going to see the U.S. economy come, uh, come back in a very, you know, robust way. I mean, and as an aside, the economy is going to come back in a robust way, but keep in mind, we're going to be coming back off of a much lower base, right? So um, so that's why, you know, I hesitate to suggest there's going to be a B-shaped economic recovery. Um, and also I'm mindful of the fact that it, it took five quarters uh, to uh, recover 
that lost output from where we were in the fourth quarter of 2007. Um, you know, coming out of the financial crisis. Uh, this, by all accounts, is worse than the financial crisis. Uh, you can see it clearly uh, in the reaction to it, uh, not just in the United States, but around the world. Um, and, uh, and and so, uh, so there's going to be some challenges ahead. There's no doubt about it. I think it'll be a great day, obviously, when we can get the economy reopened uh, and, and people can feel good about going out again and, uh, and spending money and feeling better about job security and whatnot. But, um, but that's, you know, that's, that's, that's not going to happen instantaneously. There's been a lot of damage done here uh, with what's, what's, what's happened. I think the number one, not, a top question that I'm getting right now is from people who are like, how about inflation in the future? You know, throwing down a trillion dollars here, a trillion dollars there, it adds up. It's more stimulus than we've ever had. It, you know, it doubles, maybe it triples our deficit. Does that matter to us anymore, or is it just write the check? Um, as a man well, who has kids, I, I don't have an answer. Right. You know, um, I was trying to explain a little bit of this to my my 15 year old daughter last night in terms of kind of how you know her future and her her kids' futures are being mortgaged right now. Um, but you know, having said that, uh, you know, the, the textbook you know perspective would be yeah, you should see you know a, quite a bit of inflation you know down the road, but. Um, but I harken back to the same argument that was put out there with, um, you know, when the Fed started QE during the financial crisis, uh, and and the inflation that everyone expected to come uh, didn't come in an in a aggregate way, right? There was clearly, you know, uh, depending on one's needs and situation, you know, I don't, I don't think anyone would say that there has not been inflation on the healthcare side of things, right? But from from the aggregate standpoint, you know, inflation has been fairly well subdued despite all of that stimulus that came into the picture following the financial crisis. But obviously, uh, we've stepped things up even more here. And um, and you would have to think that, the, or at least be concerned about that prospect of um, significantly higher inflation down the road. But, but for right now, uh, given the situation, uh, it really is one of those dire situations where I think where you, you, you write the check and then you, you try to work your butt off um, in the future to, to get things back under control. Is there anything else that you're working on? Because these are times when I want to hear more about you and less about me. Um, anything that you're concerned on, anything you're working on, anything we should be looking out for? Obviously, we're not going to get the first Friday of the month for a couple Fridays. Jobs numbers, um, that's the big one for me. How about for you? Well, yeah, jobs numbers. The, so the initial claims report's coming out tomorrow, and um, I'm very interested to see kind of how the the market does react to what's not going to be a very pretty number. And, uh, and not just... To tomorrow's initial claims data, but but the initial claims reports in the ensuing weeks, because you know initial claims are a leading indicator. Um, there'll be a coincident indicator here that you know clearly give a sense that things are really bad out there because of what's going on. Um, but ultimately, if, you know, people if consumers are worried, don't have a job, or worried about losing their job, they're not going to be spending you know as freely, and that that's something that will defer the economic recovery. Um, obviously, as we talked about, Congress is trying to do some things here that can help bridge that divide and some of the income loss 
but uh, but the trend in initial claims, I think, in suing months is going to really give some sense to how quickly this economy might be able to bounce back from from this very terrible uh, situation. We only have about a minute, but what do you think are some of the positives coming out of this? For instance, I think video conferencing with children and their teachers and video conferencing with workers and their bosses seems to be a long-term positive. Uh, video conference between me and my doctor. Anything that you're seeing positive out there coming out of this? Scenario? Well, yeah, I would hope maybe one one positive just uh, you know is is that people realize that there's there is more to life than just going out to to eat at a restaurant. Right? <laughs> um, family, <laughs> you know, family uh, family is really important. Um, uh, I know not everyone has the, the the ideal family situation, but you know, it's times like this where you. Uh, hopefully can can appreciate those who are closest to you and and come stronger out of this as a family unit or, or as uh, you know with your friends uh, who you might be having to you know have your happy hour via Zoom video with. But um, so from a personal standpoint, you know there might be some some good things coming out of that as as we learn that uh, we really do need each other and it's and it's good to be uh, communicating with one another uh, directly as opposed to uh, via text. So, Sounds good. Um, it's Mr. So Patrick O'Hare. You can find him at briefing.com. That's briefing.com. I really dig his work at briefing.com. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Me and my neighbors are getting together for happy hours six feet apart. That's what we're doing. We'll talk soon. I'm Rob Black. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. I'm doing the best I can at this point in time to give you good, honest, fair information. I know there's a lot of people who are really fearful. Am I still involved in the stock market? Absolutely. Have I panicked to the tune of anything over 5 10%? No. I'm more of a 2%er. But then again, like I said, last year at the end of the year, I did some rebalancing. I do it on a regular basis. I do it on a almost religious basis. You know, you wash your hands three times a day religiously. I kind of rebalance three times a year, two times a year. Whatever it is, is the number that works for you. I think it's super, super important to have some sort of plan when it comes to investing. Uh, taking a look at the stock market today. It's, it's not the best day ever. But we're kind of going for, was yesterday a one-night stand, or do I get you for two? And don't go in the gutter with one-night stand. Go to, like, a comedian who's doing a one-night stand. Does he just stay for Friday, or does he stay for Friday and Saturday, too? We're seeing if the markets can do that. The stimulus deal doesn't crazily excite me. Um, it would be tough, too. I think if you did not hear the interview... With Patrick O'Hare at briefing.com. I think he did a nice job. Uh, one unfortunate is I think that I found a guy who thinks a lot like me. So we don't fight a lot on the show. He's on every Wednesday at 7.30. And I tend to be in more agreement than less agreement. I also like the people who disagree within reason. I don't like people who fight just to fight. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Fired Americans. Speaking of fired and fighting their sending unemployment websites crashing. That's pretty telling. Thursdays of every uh, week, every month, um, we get our first-time unemployment claims. 
it's going to be big. In the last 10 days, I clearly know at least three small businesses that let go all of their employees except for the, the owners. Boeing's up 20% now. Holy mackerel. Up 25 bucks to $153 a share. Chevron Texaco up 3%. So Boeing, a distressed financial company, getting part of the bailout, a distressed financially speaking company, not a financial company. Um, Chevron, an oil company, not, not quite rocking as much. And they've been beaten up just as much, as not just as much as Boeing, but to a large degree, pretty bad. Tesla has fallen from $900 a share to like $480 the other day. Now it's at $530, up 6%. So this is a market rebound of some are getting a little bit more generous, some are getting a little less. The S&P 500 is barely up. The NASDAQ's down 40. The S&P Dow Jones Industrial Average up 353. But a lot of that is, is Boeing. So a lot of the downside on the Dow Jones Industrial Average in the last month has been Boeing. A lot of the upside right now is going to be Boeing. It's, so it's not as bad. It wasn't as bad as you thought on the way down. But unless you bought it, it's not going to be as good on the way up either, right? 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. I think a big winner out of all of this video conferencing, and I said that with Patrick O'Hare just a second ago, I think more and more people are you know, saying it's okay to call my friend on the video chat. And he countered with, I think more and more people are going to be nice to each other and get to know each other. And I'm like, ah, fat chance on that. We'll go back to our untidy ways the moment we can. Less is more. I told you the happiest day of my life was when gas pumps uh, let you pay at the pump. And now I'm just so thankful you have the credit card that you can just tap at the register. I'm like all about that. I don't know if you are, but I'm all about that. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Um, I don't think the stimulus package details are going to mean a hell of beans to you, so I'm not going to break those down. But the White House and Senate struck a deal late last night on a historic $2 trillion coronavirus stimulus bill. I think the most interesting note inside it is that Donald Trump's hotels aren't allowed to get any of the money, which strikes me as just bitter or something along those lines, because there are maids and waiters and bartenders and managers and reception people that are affected, too. But... Let him do it with his own money, I guess. I don't know what Congress is trying to say there. 72-year-old Arnold Schwarzenegger is working out at home. I dig that. That's a good story. As we age, we need to be in better shape because if you didn't do it from zero to 60, you better do it from 60 to 100. Last thing you want to do is be an old man with pain. U.S. is urging Saudi Arabia to raise the price of oil. No, to rise to the occasion in its oil price war with Russia. So maybe raise the price of oil. So during the middle of all this coronavirus pandemic issue, China, not China, it could have been China in my head. No, uh, Saudi and Russia started saying, you know, anything you could do, I could do better. Saying we're going to pump oil. Oh, no, we're going to pump more oil. Oh, we're going to cut prices. Oh, no, we're going to cut prices even more. Um. A weird time to get into a trillion-dollar fight when the world economies are struggling due to a trillion-dollar virus. So Secretary Mike Pompeo is asking the crown prince to you know, maintain some stability in the global energy markets. Oil at $26 a barrel, we're going to look back on and go, that's too low. 
the Dow 50, 40% from its all-time highs. We're going to look back on it and we're going to say, that's too low. This is going to pass. The stimulus is there within reason. The Federal Reserve has done their job. We've canceled events out to July, the Olympics. So we seem to be saying, let's limit this within reason. Oh, yeah. We're still going to see record number of deaths next week. Don't, don't doubt the bad news is still there. You can find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. It's newfocusfinancial.com. Do we get two in a row is the big question of the day. It would be nice to see. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial.